0: And now your host, Vena Jones-Cox.
1: Good afternoon. I am Vena Jones-Cox, and this is Real Life Real Estate Investing, where we work our fingers to the bone day in and day out to bring you the best information and inspiration for starting or building your own real estate investing business. And today, we're talking about a topic that some listeners wish we would discuss every single solitary week but people there's more things out there than wholesaling just not today today it's all about wholesaling so yay you got what you wanted even when i don't do shows on wholesaling all the questions are about wholesaling i know yay the whole world So um, to help me discuss this topic from a very experienced point of view, I have with me in the studio today, Michelle Clayton, who is sort of locally famous here. She's uh, been been wholesaling in the greater Cincinnati area for a number of years, is the uh, one-time co-leader of the wholesaling focus group, up until she um, did us the disservice of having a baby (laughs) <laughs> and had to pull back from, from that after years of leading it, and uh, is the current vice president of RIA of Greater Cincinnati. Welcome to the studio, Michelle.
2: Thank you very much. Glad to be here.
1: So, one of the, one of the struggles with radio is we don't have a projector. We don't have a whiteboard. We don't. We can't give people handout. Well, we do have a projector and a whiteboard. People just can't see it. I <laughs> guess it's the real problem. Uh, and so discussing something that has such kind of wide interest as wholesaling gets a little bit tough because, you know, we're both going to have moments where we want to write something down and say, no, here's the formula for <laughs> for doing this. So I, w- I really want to uh, encourage listeners to call with specific questions they have, because what we're not going to do today is we're not going to kind of go, okay, so... Here's step one, step two. It would it would take all day to do that anyway. So we're we're really gonna we're really gonna talk about this more from the perspective of what's working in the market right now. What do you see folks doing that is absolutely not working? Because with your experience over many years, <laughs> uh, helping new wholesalers get started. I know you've seen a lot of that. And uh, we're also going to answer any listener questions that come in. So, listeners, you've got specific questions. If you're struggling with specific things, we're happy to answer those. The number here in the studio is 877 772 9658. Let me say that again because there's a lot of sevens in there. It's 877 772 9658. Or, as always, as long as you send the email while we're on the air, You can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. So, Michelle, let's just kind of start with your story. Like, how did you sort of get attracted to wholesaling, move into wholesaling, talk about some of the other things that you do, and then we will talk about the market?
2: Sure. Um, Well, getting attracted to wholesaling. A long, long time ago, in 2001, I was listening to this radio Um, program called Real Life Real Estate (laughs) and I then got sucked in by a member drive (laughs) and a class and I ended up going to that class and it was on the basics of real estate taught by you and then um, basically I learned about a lot of the different strategies and was attracted to wholesaling because it seemed like a great place to start in real estate I did dabbled in and out for a while. But then I ended up basically in 2011 is when I really got started with actual wholesaling. And I had figured out that I was definitely going to get into real estate. I came right back to Cincinnati Rhea. And from there, um, they were promoting a class and program on wholesaling right shortly after I joined, and so I took that, got all the education, started that I needed to get started in wholesaling, and I never looked back.
1: So that getting sucked in by the making a pledge thing changed your whole life for the better. It actually it. I'm did. Ju- I'm just pointing that out.
2: It actually did. So
1: when listeners hear our next fun drive, they, they, they remember Michelle her man like she just would not be the woman she is today if it weren't for her pledging at fun drive absolutely <laughs> so your business now is uh, it, it, it's a little more than wholesale and I want to mislead people and and make them think that you know all Michelle does all day every day is wholesale you're you're actually doing other things in real estate and also you have a a growing family yes
2: yeah, I originally, the first few years, I just focused on wholesaling. And um, I think that's a lot of what made me successful was focusing on that. But I continued to learn other strategies on the side. And so eventually, the opportunities presented themselves to where certain leads weren't fitting the typical wholesale model. And so I was able to since I continued to get educated, I was eventually able to apply other strategies to leads that were coming in that didn't fit the wholesale model. So at this point, I've bought houses subject to the existing mortgage, subject to the existing tax liens, subject to, or, and then also lease options.
1: And I have um, a small apartment building also. Mm-hmm. Do you think that you personally benefited from not going 900 directions at once when you got started?
2: Oh, absolutely! Uh, I made a heard that recommendation early on, and so I focused on only wholesaling. All the I would attend all the classes and the meetings to continue learning. But as far as courses, I would only um, pursue further education if it directly applied to wholesaling for at least the first several years until I knew I had it well under my
1: belt. Mm-hmm. And did you find that? your mastery of that one thing actually helped you be able to do the other things more easily? Like a lot, of, a lot of the stuff that you learned in the process of learning to wholesale actually translated really well to some of these other things.
2: Oh, absolutely. I, wholesaling definitely is a great foundation for many areas, not all areas, of real estate. And so, because you need to learn how to talk to people. You need to learn how to market. You need to understand how to evaluate properties. So it's a great... Place to start, num- in I wouldn't say any area of real estate, but definitely for many areas of real estate.
1: Very good. You're listening to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones Cox. My guest today, Michelle Clayton, and we are here for the entire hour to talk about nothing but wholesaling and answer all your questions about wholesaling. You can call those questions in at 877-772-9658, or you can send an email to askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Michelle Clayton, who is just a real-life investor, no courses for sale, just somebody who goes out and wholesales every day which is the best kind of person to ask questions of and make sure that you get a real no bs answer you can ask the questions at 877-772-9658 or via email at askvina at gmail.com let's talk about your current experience in the market day in and day out because it's very different now than it was when you started
2: Superbly, yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, what are some of the what are some of the opportunities and challenges that you see in the twenty twenty market?
2: Sure. Well, when I first started officially wholesaling, that was in two thousand eleven. It was the tail end of the major crash that we had, and so during that time, it was a lot of focusing on finding the excellent deals because it was harder to sell your deals. Um, a lot of People had left the real estate market, and so it was easy to find deals, hard to find buyers, and right now, we are the complete opposite of that in our current market. It is a lot harder to find deals. There's a lot more competition because a lot of people have jumped into the real estate market in recent years, and then also, um, on the flip side, the benefit is once you have a true good deal. It is so easy to sell.
1: It's gone in a matter of minutes sometimes. We just yes, uh, we just closed close. So in other words, we signed the contract two weeks ago, but the deal closed today between the buyer and the seller. A deal that was put under contract on Friday at like 7 p.m. My partner did nothing over the weekend about selling it because it was the weekend. By Monday at 11 with one phone call, it was sold. Like that—that's how easy it is to sell them if they are good deals. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, another side effect of the market uh, being hot, meaning not not just that prices are rising, but there's a huge amount of interest in real estate right now, mm-hmm. m- much more so than there was in two thousand and eleven, is that there's a lot of jokers running around. They've got wholesaler on their business card, but the reality is they have no clue what they're doing. So the market in my observation is a little bit it's not a little bit overrun it is swamped with bad deals that are being marketed as wholesale deals and it's being marketed like oh here's a good deal for an investor and it's a bad deal for an investor have you seen any challenges with that have you had any like kickback from buyers saying i don't buy from wholesalers because they're Uh, all terrible
2: absolutely i see comments on and hear comments on that every single day where investors. They just don't want to deal with wholesalers because they've seen too many bad deals. Um, so the way that I've personally overcome that is that I am well involved in my local RIA. So anybody that's a regular there, they absolutely know me. And then I also have an established list of potential buyers for my deals. And, um, you know, I make and then also I have the education and make sure that my deals are good deals.
1: Mm-hmm. Good good reputation is a lot in the wholesale business because at RIA, if somebody's new and they don't know you and they come up to anyone else in the room and say, hey, that Michelle girl, that deal she has, is that a good deal? They're probably going to say, I haven't seen it, but yeah, it probably is. She sells good deals there's a lot of people with the opposite (laughs) reputation don't even bother i really all looked at what that guy has been overpriced by a hundred thousand dollars all that sort of stuff so reputation is reputation and connections are the way to overcome the quote competition all right we're going to go to the phones let's talk to rob who's calling from florence kentucky on line one rob welcome to real life real estate is rob there i'm not hearing anything Rob's probably there Okay, Rob, you just, just stay where you are. Ooh, this is a technical issue. You can probably hear me, but we can't hear you. This is probably a technical issue, and Mike is okay. running out of the studio to flip the switch so that we can hear you here in the studio. And Let's he's back. <laughs> Rob, are you there? Rob? Oh, yeah. Hello. Oh, hey, Rob. Welcome to Real Life Real Hello. Estate. What's your question?
3: Thank you. Oh, my question is I'm curious what... Uh, did, did Michelle, do you like... um? You like wholesaling
1: or do you like uh, uh, the lease option? Which one of your children is your favorite, Michelle? <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> um, there's pros and cons to both. And eventually, you know, once you learn them, I wouldn't choose either or. I think wholesaling has definitely gotten me to the point where I am today. And so I would not give that up and for anything. And I plan on continuing it. However, with the lease options, um, that's where I am making the more passive income and I'm making larger chunks of income and growing my net worth. And um, so that definitely, you know, there's pros and cons to both. So I'm not giving up either. And you just have to figure out what's most important to you at the time. The, whether the chunks of cash now, or just building s- smaller chunks of cash flow monthly, and then larger chunks that will help build your net worth.
1: Yeah, uh, Rob, the okay. the, the well, a key thing to understand is Michelle is full time in real estate. She she's okay. she she raises her kids, and she doesn't have a job outside the house except that she's running a real estate business. So, so it's a little easier for her to not have to choose because she, you know, she's got time to pursue both strategies. When, Uh, when somebody, when somebody comes up to me at a REIA meeting and says, so listen, just tell me, I don't want to figure out for myself, what's the best strategy? I say, well, I, I, I'm going to, I'm going to have to interview you before I know that because I don't know what you're looking for. If you if you said to me, uh, no, no, see, my problem is I got seventy thousand dollars worth of IRS debt and credit card bills to pay off, and I've got to do that before end of the year, or I'm going to jail. I would I would probably not suggest like renting properties or lease options because you know you you might eventually get that from a lease option, but it probably wouldn't be within a year. I would suggest wholesaling. But on the other hand, if you said, yeah, actually I'm making really good income from my job. And I'm just looking for, I'm looking for wealth building. I'd say, you know, rentals or lease options, something like that. It's, they're, 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 they're not comparable in the sense of what they do for you. And the nice thing about being a wholesaler who does also have other strategies is, Michelle, I bet you that almost every lease option or rental or any kind of creative finance deal you've ever gotten has come from marketing that you thought was going out for people who had a house you could wholesale, and it turned out they didn't have a house you could wholesale.
2: Yes, 100%.
1: Yeah, so same marketing, more deals, because suddenly you can pick up these these that you know sellers really motivated to sell, but they also owe 105% of what their house is worth, and so you can't wholesale it. you got to go a different direction with it, and that's where things like lease options come in really handy. Is that what you okay. wanted to know, Rob?
3: Yeah, yeah, that's... Yeah, that was, um, um, I appreciate your time.
1: Okay. Hope to see you at a Cincinnati REA meeting soon. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Bye-bye. All right. Let's go to uh, line two and talk to Roger, who's calling from San Antonio. Hey, Roger.
3: Good afternoon, ladies. Uh, uh, my wife and I work full-time as uh, real estate workers. Uh, we're both licensed. I'm a broker. I sponsor her. She's also a property manager, and I help her. And uh, we would like to, uh, we, we've done wholesaling uh, low-key for a long time. We'd like to kick it up more. And the question is, do you ever list the properties that you cannot uh, wholesale immediately well, by let me,
1: let me Let me ask you a question, Roger, before I let Michelle answer. Are you talking about, I closed the deal and then I listed it? Or are you talking about, no. I, I'm listing no. a contract? No.
3: No. no. All right. Sellers who may want too much. Sellers who may want too much and, and, don't mind and don't mind the listing.
1: Okay. So, so, oh, so what you're saying is like, it's just not a wholesale deal. Like you talk to the seller, you try to get them to the bottom dollar. The bottom yeah. dollar wasn't enough. Correct. Yes. And so you say, well, well, as it happens, I'm a real estate agent, right? and right. I can put it on MLS and see if it'll sell for what you're asking. Yes. So you're, yes. you, you have yes. then switched roles. You're no longer the potential right. buyer. You're now the fiduciary to the seller. Correct. Yes. Okay.
2: I personally am not a realtor, so I have never tried that. I'm not allowed. I'm not licensed. I am representing myself, and so there's a different, um, you know, there's different rules and stuff that I I just can't because I'm not a realtor. So I do, if somebody is in that situation where really a realtor is their best situation, I have two or three realtors that I highly admire for their work ethic as a realtor. And so I just offer the people, hey, if... You really just want a list, then I have, you know, two ambitious realtors that I can recommend to you if you're interested. Otherwise, you know, they're free to choose anybody else. And Roger, let me
1: add that I get. A question like this, maybe not worded quite the way you worded it, but a question like this very commonly as I, as I'm, you know, around the country talking about wholesaling. And the thing that I always say to agents about this, because I, I am not just a, an agent, but a broker like you are, is yeah. the, all the marketing you're doing for wholesaling could add a lot to your pile of listings. However, you need to be really careful about disclosing at every stage in writing what is happening and why. Because let me let me put this scenario in front of you. You send me a letter that says you want to buy my house. I call you up, we talk, you determine that I just owe too much for you to wholesale it. And now you say, but I could list it for you, which means that the nature of our assumed relationship has just changed. I called you because I thought you were a buyer And now you're saying, I want to be your agent. I want to stand in your stead. And first thing is, you don't want that to look like that was the intention all along. You want to be real clear that, you know, no, my intention was to buy it. I didn't realize the situation was what it was. Here's why I can't buy it. But I have this other thing I could do. And I would not just make the seller signed the listing agreement and the typical agency disclosure, I would probably have my attorney make up a little separate disclosure saying that they understand that I'm no longer in the position of buyer. And while this wasn't my intention, they are happy with the way it turned out.
3: Okay. Right. Very good. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. Good.
1: Cause I, you know, I'm a, I'm a licensed broker. I don't really do right. retail type stuff. I refer, I also refer all of my wholesale deals that aren't, turning into wholesale deals to uh, different agents because I don't want the hassle of, of you know, putting them in MLS and seeing if they sell and whatnot. I'm able to take a uh, referral fee for that. Yeah. So it's a, I'm in a little bit of a different situation. But the other thing that I would like to suggest, Roger, is, uh, I mean, you guys seem pretty ensconced in your retail real estate business, but it can be hard to to focus on two different businesses and make them both really work well. And I just made the decision a long time ago that the one I was going to focus on and try and make work really well was the wholesale side, not the retail side. And I don't feel bad about walking away from the potential commissions from listing properties because that would just distract me from finding my next real estate deal.
3: Yeah, well, I, I'll go along with that. Okay. Thank you very much. Thanks for calling, really Roger. Great.
1: I was in I was in Austin this morning. I was I was only oh, wow hundred miles from you at nine o'clock you know this morning. It's warm. <laughs> yeah, well it's warmer than it is here, I'll tell you that. All right. Thank thanks you so th- nice for
3: your show. Thanks Bye-bye. for
1: calling, Roger. Appreciate it. Uh, we need to take a quick break, talking today with Michelle Clayton about wholesaling and taking questions at 877-772-9658. Or alternatively, you can send us an email at askvina at gmail.com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. Talking today about Real Life Real Estate listeners' favorite subject, apparently, which is wholesaling houses. I like wholesaling houses, too. I, I probably would talk about it every week if it weren't for the fact that there's whole worlds of things people need to know other than... Wholesaling houses, and you know, we're, we try and like give you an, a, a general overview of what people are doing and what they're being successful with here on the show. Um, I will say that you folks who are trying to learn wholesaling by listening to a radio show and watching YouTube videos and being on Facebook and asking people questions that you don't know the quality of the answers to because you, you don't know enough about what you're asking to know if you're getting a good answer or a right answer. It is really worth an investment of some real time and potentially money. And I'm not talking about like $10,000 or anything, but to learn the process and get good contracts and all of that sort of stuff. I, I, I think almost every Rio group in the country does at least one one-day training a year on wholesaling because they know everybody wants it. Um, it happens that Cincinnati Rhea is doing one on uh, February the 15th. In fact, it's an all day. Well, it's nine to three. It's not all day, all day, but it's all day. It's like, you know, organized around here's what the process is and here's what you need to do at each step. And you need that and you need to meet other people who are doing it so that you can bounce things off of them when it comes down to it. And you need to meet buyers. Like that is the, the, the wholesalers who say, well, I don't belong to, whatever RIA group, fill in the blank RIA group, because, you know, I'm only interested in wholesaling. And I'm like, yeah. And what's everybody else interested in buying deals? Why are you not there? So you can get more information about Cincinnati RIAs class, which I think is only like $97 or something like that at uh, Cincinnati Um There's an alternative date in Columbus as well on March the 21st that you can also find out about at cincinnatirea.com. Uh, Going back to listener questions, we've got one here from D. It says, hi, Michelle, I'm D here in Cleveland, Ohio. What marketing strategy yields the best results for wholesale model opportunities? Sure.
2: That is actually everybody's favorite question because it's also one of the most important. And so it makes sense. My quick answer is any type of marketing that you can do consistently. So, um to give you a little bit more though there are the most obvious things are direct mail where you're going to try to focus on people that have some type of motivation so whether it's code violations they live out of state you're found a vacant house for driving for dollars probate or evictions so those are some of the common lists that people come up with and create for direct mail there's some type of situation that mo- might motivate the person enough to sell their house at a price that makes sense as a deal. So besides that, some of my favorite sources are online. Um, band signs are very common, although not my favorite marketing because they are time intensive, but A lot of wholesalers
1: use them because they get deals and also illegal we should mention that before someone calls up and says you can't hang bandit signs
2: another reason i don't do it (laughs) um you can do bandit signs on wheels where you're putting the sign on the back of your car that is legal Mm -hmm. in most areas
1: Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah well you 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 joke about that but i actually have a coaching student in uh, massachusetts And if she puts a sign on her car, she has to register the car as a commercial vehicle, even if it's a smart car, like even if it's clearly not a commercial vehicle and it costs her like 10 times as much money to register Mm -hmm. her car. So, yeah, you got to be a little careful about that, depending on where you live.
2: Um, You could also, you know, just let people know on social media and in your personal network that you buy houses when people need to sell. So basically, anyway, you can get the word out to the public, to people where they might have motivation, and then follow up on that.
1: Let me come back to the follow up on that thing, because I think that's a very important point in the current market. Mm-hmm. Because, um, but I just got a very funny email from John Shipley from okay. Cincinnati Rhea. Yes. He says... I don't have a question. I just wanted to let you know I'm interrupting my vacation to listen to Michelle and you and that it's 74 and sunny today in Tucson. Where's my plane ticket? Can we can we we just agree to to both beat on John next time we see him for reminding us that there's parts of the country where it's not been raining for five days in a row and, you know, 30, 39 degrees outside.
2: I was outside today. It is. Nice compared to the rest of the
1: week. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's nice compared to the rest of the week. That's right. We're finally going to get winter. Thank you. We do appreciate you interrupting your vacation, John. <laughs> so, um, the follow-up thing.
2: Yes.
1: As the market heats up, people people who've been in wholesaling for a long time, or who are listening to old information, by the way, the, the, the folks folks who have real estate courses, have wholesaling courses in my opinion, ought to be updating them every two years because the market changes that fast. Um, they get into the habit of not being aggressive about follow-up. In other words, so so you, you send out a piece of mail, seller calls you, he names a price that's like crazy high, you can't do anything with it, and so you, I don't know, put it in a pile someplace and never think about it again. Is your is, has your follow up system changed as as the number of buyers in the market has risen and the number of sellers in the market has fallen?
2: Yes, that is. I still have my weaknesses. I'm still a solopreneur working towards having a business, so I'm not perfect. But that is the w- area where I recognize the most need to be able to actually get more leads in the current market. I actually just hired my first person officially hired and they are a lead manager and they're starting with going over all my old leads just to follow up and see potentially if there's any deals there and then to consistently follow up with them because I know that's my weakness and it is one of the most critical things to be able to consistently get deals in this market
1: if you have actually kept track of your old leads you will probably get two or three deals just out of the lead manager's first round of calling people back and saying hey i'm just trying to close my file michelle gave me this information i've seen did you sell the house what's going on there's probably there's probably two or three deals just in your old leads that's the hope <laughs> and that will that will pay for your new person for ages right yes yes Okay, so let's um let's talk about w- what you see from your perspective now as somebody who's been doing this for a while that's happening with all the other wholesalers. And, and and when I say when I say all the other wholesalers, I mean like the masses of people that you run into at any real estate association, any place in the country that I, I describe them as they're trying to wholesale. Like they, they say, I'm a wholesaler. I want a wholesale. Can you help me wholesale? I'm here to learn about wholesaling, etc." But as you are very aware, something like eight out of 10 of the people who walk into the door at some point and say, I want a wholesale, never do one single deal. Like they never, they never get one single check. You've had much closer interactions with these folks than a lot of people have because of the focus group that you used to run and hopefully will again someday. Uh, Not, not that I'm hinting at anything here. Um, In your view, what is going on there? Um,
2: Well, I think wholesaling definitely has many reasons to attract people, especially when they're new in real estate. It has low bar compared to other areas of real estate to get into. And so, A lot of the new people coming to real estate, that's what they jump towards just because it seems the most logical place to start. However, um, there's a number of reasons where I feel that people don't always follow through. One is just with any new endeavor, once you get into it and realize some of the true work that's involved in it, then... That sometimes just turns people off because they
1: realize that there's more work involved than they realized. What? It's not just like that guru on YouTube yelling at the camera said that I just need to get out and hustle and I'm going to make a zillion dollars? There's a little bit more in between. <laughs> um,
2: and so I think part of it is just because when people realize what the work is involved in wholesaling and the time that it takes to actually get the work done... Then that turns some people off. Other um, times, a lot of times, that I think it's because um, you know, doing the actual work of you know, you have to market. You actually have to talk to the people on the phone. You have to That's tell people, scary
1: to some people
2: that their house isn't worth as much as they think it is. It is d- very difficult
1: for many people. Pretty much every conversation you have, absolutely. <laughs> like 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 nobody nobody calls and well okay so few people call and basically say look I'm just so sick of this house I'm ready to give it away like they're like they're just completely neutral about what they get for the property that every conversation is basically okay I hear you you're here I understand how you got that I understand how you got to that price but honestly I'm probably gonna be here but something like 80% of the calls are people who honestly think that their house is worth more. Like they, they believe if they put it on the market and listed it, it would be worth more than the market says it's worth. So this is a, this is a daily conversation of, well, so where'd you get that number? (laughs) Because like even the Zestimate, which is pretty much always high, says your house isn't worth that. And that's what it's worth. That's not what we're gonna pay. I mean, that's you know we're 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 not telling. I never tell somebody your house is only worth twenty five thousand. I tell them given what your house is worth, what I'm only to pay is twenty five thousand. So, man, if you hate to giving people bad news, that means you can't wholesale. It just means you better get somebody else on the phone.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Um, and then, you know, like, we're having to go. A lot of times, and look at super ugly, super super ugly houses. On occasion, smelly, and some people they just don't have the stomach for that. Even dead raccoons, ten <laughs> um, year old holes in the roof <laughs> with mold. Um, so with so the you know just a lot of the work and what's actually involved is one big area that I've seen. Another area is. Um, where people fall through is they haven't taken the time to actually do get a thorough basic learning of what they need to learn and so a lot of times they haven't been able to properly calculate what a deal should be worth with fixing figuring out what it'll be worth in the end all fixed up and what the repairs are and all that stuff and so they end up offering lots of bad deals and then nobody wants to buy them and then they get disheartened because they can't figure it out even though they haven't done the basic education that is needed to
1: figure it out. Or a really common thing I see with that with that kind of person the one who's just lacking they, they have it does not take that long to, to learn how to comp properties and estimate repair costs but they have not bothered to learn how to do it and the outcome is that they put property after property after property under contract. And then they spin their wheels trying to sell it and no one will buy it because they got the numbers all wrong in the first place. So like that first group of people, they just kind of come, they look around, they go, yeah, I don't think I want to, I don't think I want to do this after all. And by the way, it's much better to, to pay like, you know, 250 bucks for a REA membership to find that out than it is to pay to some national guru to find out you don't want to do the work. They just don't ever put anything under contract. It's the people who are, you know, they come with deals and then they just, that never actually happens. It's because they don't know their numbers or they don't know the process. Uh, We need to take a quick break. Uh, We'll go, go back to Michelle's big reasons why you may be whole failing instead of wholesaling. Uh, after the break, and if you have any questions, this is your last chance, 877-772-9658 or askvina at com. Welcome back to Real Life Real Estate Investing. I'm your host, Vina Jones-Cox, talking today to Michelle Clayton, who is a wholesaler here in the greater Cincinnati area about some of the realities of the wholesaling market and why, why people succeed and why they fail and what's going on in the market day and taking listener questions. Uh, got an email here from Betty who's here in the Cincinnati area. She says, hi Vena. Hi Michelle. I'm new to the real estate field. I'm attending my first REA GC meeting tomorrow and I'm in desperate need of a mentor. I have my real estate license and I'm lost in so much information. It's something I've dreamed of since I was 20 but I need help understanding how to meet prospective clients, how to be in a position to sell condos, how to market and be known in general. I need to learn to be a realtor. I hope to meet you and Michelle and maybe get some advice on how to transform myself into a realtor, the right strategies for marketing. Help, help, help. Uh, so, Betty, good news and bad news. The good news is you will definitely meet Michelle and I tomorrow night because Michelle is sitting on a panel at 730 called Women Who Rock the Real Estate World. It's all a it's a panel of successful uh, members who are doing all kinds of stuff, wholesaling, retailing, notes, lending, renting, Airbnbs, got six women on that panel. Uh, and they're gonna, you know, be available to answer questions. I will also be there because I am manning the S the Expert table, which you can now use as a member. The bad news is Rhea doesn't really teach you how to be a realtor. I I'm hoping that what you meant to say was real estate investor in this because um while you can meet a lot of contacts as as a real as a realtor there, like there's lots of people who need realtors to buy and sell houses. The real focus of any real estate association, anything, anytime you see Real Estate Investors Association, the focus is, is always going to be on connecting people and educating people about the real estate investment side of the business. So maybe you can make, if you get there at like 536, maybe you can make an appointment with me at the Ask the Expert table and we can sit and talk this through. Because uh, I'm I'm hoping that what you meant to say was you're looking for somebody to help you with real estate investing, not being a realtor. Oh, Greg, 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 why, why, why? This is the second time in a week I've gotten this question from somebody. um, And I didn't know how to answer the first time. So maybe you will know how to answer it. Greg says, this is Greg from Cincinnati. He says, Can you describe your typical work week? What do you do? And when? You hear, you hear the silence on the other microphone, Greg? You, you should see the stunned look on her face because that is a super hard question to answer, isn't it? I'm trying to develop a typical week right good, now. Good luck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, so, let's see. I got my kids to school. I took My kid, the story time, I picked my kids up from school. Oh, I'm sorry, work. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I have developed my work around my kids, basically. Um, That's why I'm in real estate. That's my reason why. And so it is, um, I try to focus most of my work time during the school day because I have two older boys who get to go to school every day. And then I have one toddler who keeps me very busy all day long and all night. And so um, like I said, I try to focus mo- most of my work time during the work day. But then, because of wholesaling, when you have a hot lead, You want to get to the house as soon as possible to evaluate it and give them your official offer. So sometimes that's during the day. Sometimes it's in the evening. Sometimes it's on the weekend. Um, My family knows that if I have a house I need to go visit a seller, that's going to, you know, I'm going to do that and work around everybody's schedule for that. Um, And then a lot of times during the day, I am working on trying to return calls that have come in, trying to answer calls that come in whenever they happen. I am working on trying to get the new person trained on that. So hopefully I'll have help. But then, um, so phone calls, evaluating the calls that have come in. So I'll usually be sitting at the computer for a lot of the preliminary work on that if I'm not actually at the house evaluating it. And then um, have the appointments and whenever they happen to be. And then once I have a deal, then I'm cramming a bunch of time to package all the information together in a neat format to provide to my potential buyers so that they quickly know if they want the deal or don't want the deal. So It's pretty much whenever you can squeeze in everything that needs done. And um, for me, like I said, I work a lot of that around my kids' schedule. So you may be working around your job schedule or other family obligations.
1: Do you want to give a shout-out to the boys because they're listening?
2: Absolutely. Hi, Julian. Hi, Elias. Hi, Gabriel. And hi, Ruby. That's the whole family. (laughs) So everything I do is for them.
1: Question from Kyle, uh, who says, I'm not concerned about finding deals, negotiating deals, funding, or even knowing the ARV. I can do all of that. However, whether I'm wholesaling or buying from a wholesaler, my my greatest concern is estimate of repairs. Without having done many deals, what is the best method for assessing or estimating the rehab? Do I need to get a contractor to go in with me?
2: There's different ways that you can learn that. Personally, the way that I was able to learn that is... Um, with the course and class that I took they had um, or one of the classes that I took they had a full day where you did a property tour so if your area ever offers that I highly recommend that uh, go on a property tour where they can show you what should be fixed what doesn't need fixed you know, things to watch out for and then hopefully be able to give you a rough idea of what our repair estimate costs in your area because it can vary by region.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And um actually our local RIA usually offers that every year, every other year, and I reattend it just to make sure if there's anything else that I haven't learned or haven't been paying attention to and to get those updated prices. So even though I've been numerous times, that's definitely something to re-attend. Mm-hmm. If you don't have benefit of a class like that in your area or not soon enough for your needs, then absolutely I would, um, you know, try to locate a couple contractors. You may, um, you know, pay them a fee on the side. Just to say, hey, you know, this is you know some. I'm trying to get prices on these type of repair costs, and talk to two or three good contractors, maybe even at your local RIA, because usually there are contractors there also, and try to get an idea from them what are good repair costs at investor prices, because um, you know there's it's what most homeowners pay, homeowner and then there's what investors <laughs> pay. So talk to several contractors, try on different repairs. That may be needed and try to get an estimate and kind of narrow it down based on talking to several people.
1: Yeah. And, and ultimately, uh, you'll get you'll just sort of develop a list in your own head that goes, well, you know, roofs cost this much a square and windows cost this much a piece. And uh, you'll get comfortable with that. Not that you won't ever have to update it. Prices have gone up since I started wholesaling, you know, 20 years ago. But uh, that it it, it it seems really hard at first, but through these dealings with contractors and other rehabbers and classes and things like that, you will, you will ultimately learn, but there's only about 40 things that you need to be able to estimate and you'll be able to do that. Okay, Michelle, unfortunately we are out of time. So can you give us in, in the summary, like your best tip for somebody who is out there wanting to get into your business and struggling with it? Sure.
2: I would recommend getting quality, basic education on wholesaling, and you can always expand on it later, but get quality, basic education, and then just take action. Focus on what is the next step. Okay, got that done. What is the next step? Okay, got that done. Next step. And that's the only way that I was able to successfully grow, get my first deal, and then continue to get deals is Stop getting overwhelmed and just focus on what's the next step and take that action.
1: Wonderful. If you'd like to meet Michelle tomorrow night at Cincinnati RIA, the meeting is uh, starts at 530 with free dinner. Six o'clock, we've got uh, Councilman Greg Landsman talking about the new Cincinnati rental law. And then at 730, the Women Rock in the Real Estate World panel. Uh, you can get more information and download a free guest pass at CincinnatiRIA.com. That's Cincinnati com. While you're there, check out the February 15th, all-day class on wholesaling. It's inexpensive, it's complete, and it's brought to you by the Nonprofit Real Estate Investors Association of Greater Cincinnati. Appreciate your time today, Michelle. Thanks for sharing with our listeners. We'll be back next week with more information to put you on the path to financial independence through real estate investing. Until then, happy investing.